right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you. Another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. Hope you guys are having a quality morning wherever you are. I had myself a night. I'll get into that just a minute. I had a night. Hey, it's fried rice day. Bam. Pepperoni pizza day. String cheese day. It's eating day. Why is everything about eating? Made that's why we're the fattest country out there. We're big. We like to eat. So we have all these days, so we have an excuse to go eat. Do you really need an excuse to go eat fried rice? Love some hibachi or pepperoni pizza day. You don't need an excuse for that. String cheese. I mean, all of this. But there you go. That's the national days that you're selling. You can also care for your kids. Somebody put that on the list. Um, all right, what do we want to get into today? couple of things. The potential for college game day in a couple of weeks with Kentucky sitting out there. You know, what are the chances of that happening? Want to get into some numbers today. Not as much recruiting just because here on a Tuesday, I did some of that yesterday and got into the Picayune stuff with those kids planning to come to campus over the next couple of weeks. That's a good sign. You know, that's at the very least, you just you take it for that. That's a good sign. You get Dante Dowdell on campus with a couple of teammates for the class next year. That's a good sign. And uh, recruiting's kind of chugging along. Everything I hear there just in general terms is, is, is good. They're about where they want to be, um, have more four-star guys now, or I think have as many now as they signed all last year from the high school part of it. So they're in a good spot, knowing that at the end of this, they're going to go – and knock out the portal again. And why wouldn't they? I mean, at least thus far, the portal recruiting has has been as advertised. So why wouldn't you go to that well again? Of course you would. But everything I hear there is, is in a good place. But I want to get into some numbers around the SEC. Uh, Jackson Dart, where he's ranking and where he is stacking up against the rest of the league. Some numbers there might surprise you. Some defensive numbers. Might surprise you. And something that I think fans ought to be excited about that I haven't seen mentioned yet. And with all of this, you have to take into account, you know, the competition. Of course you do. Uh, but still, I want to get into those numbers here in just a minute. Sorry, this is a little bit late today. I had a night. For those of you who have ever dealt with kidney stones, not to get too personal here, because this isn't a great format for that. That's more of a radio thing, some back and forth. But good night. I've had them before, uh, but last night it last night got bad. You know, you try to deal with it for a couple of hours, ain't happening. And then, uh, God bless her, my wife, Jennifer gets up at one in the morning with me, drives me on in. I'm not. I was. I was in bad shape. Okay. Yeah, I was in pretty bad shape. And I get to the ER. And anyway, I'm number eight on that list. And I'm like, oh, I got to wait on seven people. Like, like, this is an emergency. Where is the morphine? I need the morphine or whatever solution. I need this washing through. Anyway, long story short, I'm number eight. And then after a couple of hours of waiting, I'm number seven on the wait list. Not, not happening. Fortunate for me, I was going to leave anyway. But uh, I kind of put my head in my hands for a second dozed off for about five minutes and somehow when i came to some of the pain had gone away 
was able to deal with it. Went to the house, got up this morning, uh, I don't know, later than normal, obviously. But um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Able to do the podcast. A little something, something still going on there, but much better place than I was in yesterday. Much better place. I can deal with this. So anyway, that's why I'm a little late with this, but neither, neither here nor there. Hope you don't have to go through that. On some of these numbers, what piqued my curiosity here is I had a friend send me some of the pro football focus numbers for this year, okay? And for the quarterbacks in particular, I'm surprised at this. I assumed that Stetson Bennett would be out front leading the SEC by a pretty wide margin. And again, these are pro football focus numbers for the year through three weeks. He's actually number two, Hendon Hooker, number one. And I'm not a huge fan there. And I'd have to go back and look at Tennessee's schedule to see the competition. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but he's one. K.J. Jefferson's three. Um, after that, amongst teams already in the SEC now, we're not doing Oklahoma, Texas. Jackson Dart would be fourth in the SEC right now, ahead of Jaden Daniels, ahead of Bryce Young, ahead of Will Rogers. And I think, I don't want to get into that. That's another topic. Will isn't the issue there. But Jackson Dart would come in four in terms of his pro football focus grade, okay? Well, you know what stats are worth. You can you can twist and turn stats sometimes to make them what you want them to be. Look, I was an SID for 10 years. So I, I'm perfectly aware of how you use numbers to, you know, how to push a narrative. So then you go back, you check again, go look, hey, how about the college football stats overall? Let's look at that. So far in the SEC right now, you look at the total offense numbers. Ole Miss is fifth in the country in rushing. They're number one in the SEC. They're number 22 in the country in total offense. They're number four in the SEC. And you look and you see where Jackson Dart is stacking up. Now, in the passing numbers, of course, he's going to be down this list. You know, he's number 10 overall. But the reason he's 10, in terms of yards per game, he just hasn't put the ball up as much as some of these other guys. He's averaging 181 yards a game. And rem remember, one of those three games, he didn't even start the game. So you're not talking about on the field constantly. And then in the first game, he, he split some time with Luke Altmaier. So you take all that into consideration. Game three, he's not out there the whole time, right? So you factor all of that into the numbers. Three touchdowns passing, a couple of interceptions, but that's what he's got to work on. But you look at some of the efficiency numbers, he's completing 65% of his passes. You know, that's positive. And on down the list, statistically, he has been pretty good. And again, you're looking at the efficiency numbers, you're looking at pro football numbers, you know, QBR type numbers. And he's somewhere, not middle of the pack, but the top of that, that middle of the pack in the SEC so far. You'll see what happens whenever we get to the real competition, but still... You know, and I've probably been a little critical without knowing it because we're comparing him to what we've had. Think of this this list of quarterbacks we've had roll through here, right? And if I miss somebody, you know, all apologies. You know, starting when, when Hugh Freeze came in here. And really before him, there were a few guys. Remember, Jeremiah Masoli came through here, had a long career in Canada. And then when Hugh gets here, you know, we're fortunate that Bo Wallace comes in here. Think what would have happened there if Bo doesn't come. Bo's one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks at Ole Miss. If he doesn't get hurt the first half of his first year, 
there's no telling what that guy would have done. Hate that for him. It is what it is. But you look at the numbers, even with a bad shoulder, you know, he put up numbers. And then we had guys come through here. Chad Kelly takes over. And for a single season, I guess a season of four games, Chad was statistically the best quarterback in Ole Miss history. You know, some of whatever else stuff is out there, you know, let's, we're talking football here. That guy was, was unreal statistically and not just statistically, not fake numbers. He went to Tuscaloosa and won. So you, you have that there. Then when we brought in, you're talking about, oh, now I'm drawing some blanks because I did this off, off the top of my head. When we went to um, Tomo, and I'm like I said, I might miss some guys in here, but you go from that. You, we had a couple of years there where we struggled just trying to find an identity. You know, John Rice Plumley's the quarterback. He still rushes for 1,000, and he's going to kill it at UCF. And look, good for John. He throws it, I think, better than fans give him credit. But um, but understand exactly what people are saying there. He's going to kill it at UCF. So I'm happy that ended up well for him. And then from him to what Matt Corral did in more recent, we're spoiled rotten. Of course we are spoiled. And now you're comparing that to what you just saw. Dart's not going to be that, especially out of the gate. But thus far, um, from a number standpoint, you got to be happy there. And then overall, of course, everybody's happy with the rushing numbers you know, top in the SEC, fourth in the SEC in total offense. Offensive line has looked good. I think some of the wide receivers have looked good in spurts, which tells me it's there. You know, they just haven't really had to do it much. But I do think the talent, and I do think there are some players there who will make plays. Yeah, there's going to be some games that people complain about the wide receivers top to bottom. You'll lose a game and there won't be some big plays made. Yeah, that that's going to come up. Total season, though, I don't think that's going to be an issue. So, hey, that's a that's a pat on the back for Jackson Dart. I am, a, and I'm a Mississippi guy. I was pulling for uh, whoever the best guy was, but uh, of course, guys that I know, you know, I saw Luke Altmyer in high school a lot, so um, that would have been easy for me to pull for him, you know. But I'm still pulling for the guy that's going to be best. I do think at this point that's Jackson Dart, but he's been pretty good. Just be careful how you judge him. Offense is in good hands. About to be challenged, but we'll see what happens here. This is the defensive number I wanted to pull up real quick. In total defense nationally, that defense is 16th, right? It's fourth in the SEC. Again, you're talking about competition and those kind of things. But then you look at, in particular, where is the one area where Ole Miss has been so awful, so awful the last five, six, seven years, however many years you have to go back. Maybe it's five. The rush defense, you know, the defensive line. And man, when you can't stop people running the football, it's just demoralizing. And right now, the rush D ranks 10th in the country and ranks second in the SEC. Yes, like I said, one more time, you consider the competition. But even against the competition, we've had years in the last three, four, five years, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have been bad. But you look at some of the guys they brought in. We told you before the season started, you know, I was hearing that that was going to be drastically improved. And you see what they're able to do up front on the defensive line and the plays that those guys are making. They don't have to get a ton of tackles. But what they're doing is they're allowing guys behind them to make tackles. Whether we're talking about Piggies, you're talking about, you know, Iton, whether he's doing something in the middle. I thought Taiwan Malone looked good. The, the snaps he's got. 
I mean, there are a lot of guys up front. And then your edge guys, you know, what Sed's doing, the defense has been really good. They've allowed the guys to make the tackles behind them. And seeing them able to – sorry, I'm actually answering a text real quick. I'm not spaced out. Seeing them make tackles and stop people in the run game, that's exciting. That should make fans excited about what's going on. Now, of course, they're about to be tested. Not Tulsa in the run game. But when you get to Kentucky, then you get a chance to see, hey, what do we have here in terms of defense? We all keep talking about the offense. But the defense has a chance to be considerably better than even I thought it was. And you know, I was, for the most part, pretty bullish on it. I was thinking, and again, this has been prisoners of the last three, four, five years. Anything in the middle of the SEC, aren't you taking it? Of course you are. You know, I would take it. Just, man, just don't be awful. But I think the, the defense has a chance to be much better than just don't be awful. It has a chance to win games. And especially if the rush defense looks like that, has a chance to be pretty good. Um, the other thing I wanted to knock out here real quick, everybody's talking about college game day with Kentucky. You got to beat Tulsa. I can look down the road. I'm media. You know, I'm not affecting any of these games. I hope the players are focusing on what's going on. But would it happen in a couple of weeks? There is pretty stiff competition out there. And yeah, I've heard rumors out there, but honestly, it's just strictly rumors and not really even informed rumors at this part. Not for me, at least. I mean, you have Alabama going to Arkansas. Arkansas has to beat A&M. If you're pulling for Ole Miss to get it, you know, you want that game to go A&M's favor. Because a number two Alabama traveling to an Arkansas team that would probably at that point be six, seven, eight, if they're able to get a top 25 win this weekend. Not that they only go to the highest ranked places, but that would be hard to turn down. And then you're looking where we are. I'm guessing we would be somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know what, we'd be pushing top 10, depending on the poll that you're looking at. Maybe 12 in the AP, something like that, depending on who wins, who loses. Kentucky will probably be somewhere near where they are. They're eight now, six, seven, eight, maybe. The other games out there, Oklahoma State's at Baylor. That looks like that's going to happen in terms of they're going to win. One of them's off this week. I can't remember which one, but there's not much there. Um, that's a nine Oklahoma State and a 17 Baylor. Then NC State's 12 right now. Clemson is five. That would be at Clemson. Maybe they go back to Clemson, see what's happening there. Clemson has to win this week against a ranked Wake Forest team, but I don't think they're great. So that's probably going to happen. We'll see. Maybe we, we catch a break and we can pick up game day. Had it last year, so they've done the lane experience. Maybe they want to get a little more of it. You never know. But at this point, uh, I don't have anything that's I'd consider just a great rumor, just rumors in general. It'd be fun, though. 11 o'clock kickoff, though. That's not fun. I know fans aren't happy about that. That's still a good spot to be in. First game out of the gate, there'll be a lot of eyeballs on it. It could be worse. Beat Tulsa first. How about that? All right, guys, that's going to do it. Chris Brooks on the Rebels 247 podcast with 247 Sports and Inside the Rebels. Y'all have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow.